Welcome to the United We Scan podcast, the podcast by rural carriers for rural carriers. The views expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views or opinions of the United States Postal Service or the National Rural Letter Carriers Association. We ask that you please consult your assigned union representative for guidance in your local area. Make sure you like this podcast, share with your fellow rural carriers, and subscribe to be notified each time a new episode is uploaded. Please rate this podcast five stars where applicable and leave a comment or question for us below. Thank you. Now, here are the hosts of the United We Scan podcast. Welcome back, everybody. I know it's a couple days later than normal, but there was a few of us that were down at Mid-States over the weekend. I think we're officially on episode 22 this week. And we've got Josh and James and Bill tonight. How's it going tonight, Josh? It's going pretty good. You know, always wanting, loving more in the post office. I did want to uh, address last week when we were going over questions, when we were talking about the um, table one, table two dates, I just wanted to clarify. I know we did later in the conversation, but when I listened back to it, I realized that I said anyone that became regular before November 10th or November 20th, 2010, it's actually anyone that was hired as an RCA prior to that date is on table one and anyone hired after that date will convert to table two. And like I said, I just wanted to clarify that um, just to make sure. Thank you for the correction. Spreading misinformation. Oh my God. (laughs) How are you doing tonight, Bill? (laughs) I'm in, I'm I'm in bill form. (laughs) Uh, I'm doing good. I'm enjoying life. And, uh, Oh, I, I just, I, I, I sit there and I wonder, I, you know, you, you just can't get any dumber. And, and my management goes out of their way to prove me wrong every day. So. <laughs> yeah. I, there's got to be a pill they take. There really has to be. But other than that, I mean, you know, the weather uh, here in Pennsylvania is gorgeous. I mean, yeah, you really couldn't ask for anything better. And, uh, you know, uh, life is good. It, it's just good all the way around. I'm, I'm happy as can be. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I always know you're you're in a happy, giggly mood when you call me when I'm out on the route to say, you, yeah. you won't believe this. <laughs> <laughs> James, how are you doing tonight? Oh, doing all right. I mean... Wichita was wonderful. I love the 90 degree weather and then drive the 15 hours back here and uh, it's 50 degrees and foggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it but, was an interesting ride home for me, but yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a beautiful, beautiful town. Lots of stuff to see and do around there, even, even later at night. Um, the conference was very educational in a lot of aspects. There was a lot of a lot of anger in the crowd towards the rec system, but overall, everybody actually was very respectful and very professional about it. 
in the audience. So it was hats off to everybody that went to that and maintained composure through everything that went, went on. Um, got a lot of information, passed some on to my carriers at the office so they could know what happened down there. And, uh, I think it's something that if you're a rural carrier, you should go to your regional conferences because not only do you get a lot of information, you actually have the opportunity that if you want to, you can actually speak with your national board at these events. They're actually there for us to talk to them, to ask them questions and things like that. So that's the best time to get information straight from, as they say, the horse's mouth. Other than that, it was great to see a lot of people that I, re I remember from my first mid-states in uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa. You know, meeting up with people that uh, I met down the first one, seeing them again was great. And the hotel, impeccable for customer service there. Really great hotel. Can't say enough about them. So. Oh, the hotel was awesome. I mean, the rooms were huge. It was... Yeah. <laughs> that was... No, it actually, it was really good. I mean, a lot of inform good information came out. Um, they unfortunately couldn't do all of the questions that were submitted for Q&A because they said it would have been like three days straight of just the questions that they had come in. And obviously we didn't have three days for Q and a, but, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of questions about Rex, especially a lot about why this happened, what's going on with it and things like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of passing the buck as usual, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Let me look into that. I'll get back to you. Especially that regional manager for the post office. Yeah, he, uh, I think, yeah. <laughs> he did not, he did, he did not expect the rural carriers that were at Mid-States to have as much information as they did. Yeah. You can see it on his face. Yeah. He did not expect our craft to actually know about Rex, know stuff about it and things like that. I actually pressed him at Midstage and asked him why our postmasters and district managers, who are under his command, were not trained on this. And his excuse was they don't attend, they don't some of them don't want to attend training. Some of them turn on the Zoom calls and don't pay attention. But when push comes to shove, it's his responsibility to make sure they know him, and he couldn't answer the question. Yeah. And that actually saddened me a little bit to know that upper management. At, at least the regional level, wasn't willing to make management learn this stuff that they should learn. And it just goes with the inconsistency of training across the board. I think from both sides, you know, a little bit from both sides. I mean, yes, the union put a ton of information out there. And if you went to the website and you found it and you learned it and you shared it with your coworkers and even your management that, you know, there was, but there was still information that came out after that was put out that didn't, and they didn't update. And then you find out after the fact or added an extra this or that in there. And it was never in there to begin with. Um, for instance, the rural reach and submitting the leads with the rural reach activity scan. I was never told that. Many people were never told that. And some people were told that right off the bat. But when you go back and look at the information, it's not in there at all. 
You go back to the eight pieces for hold mail. You know, a lot of carriers out there today weren't around for the 2018 count, didn't even know how counts work, and then get told near the end of the year, oh, by the way, if it's got eight pieces of hold mail or it's eight pieces of a business closed mail, that you get an unscanned parcel for that and and a credit for that. that. So for that whole year, nobody was doing unscanned parcels for that. And then you find out about it, what, two weeks before the count starts? Oh, by the way, that's an unscanned parcel. Yeah, you find that out during the joint training, and that's if you had somebody outside of management from your office go to the joint training. Did you even find that out? That's where I found it out at. But here we're, we here at, on this podcast, we're trying to help you help yourself, help you learn to find this stuff, help you think about this stuff and ask your local designated union representative about it. Get the information in your area. Go to the website. Because There's a whole the, tab yeah. for recs on the NISH, which I understand was down earlier. I'm not sure if it still is. I haven't tried to get on there. It's, it's back yeah. up. Is it back up? Yeah. I mean, you, you log into the national website. There's a whole section just for recs, and it has everything in there. It has the activity sheets. It has the PowerPoint presentation that explains the different scans. It has the history of how this came about it. I mean, the Q and a that they've done and yes, answers have changed with specific questions. If you notice, it'll be one answer early on and a different answer later on things change all the time. And I know that the biggest issue that people have is the lack of communication from the national board on updates pertaining to RECs. Um, especially with the new evaluations going in and all that other information. And the reason we were told that not, you know, updates were very rare was a sheer fact that once they got an update from the post up from USPS headquarters and we're, you know, right. Okay. That sounds good. You know, getting ready to put that out. And then they get a phone call even as soon as an hour later saying, nope, this has changed. We found this or we found that. And so information was constantly changing and they're not going to put an update out to everybody and then turn around and take it all back because it changed an hour later or the next day. They want to make sure that that information is solid before putting it out, which which, I mean, I have to, I have to respect that. But at the same time, I think the silence is what was really bothering people. I mean, even that explanation to put out, you know, we know you guys are looking for updates. You know, information is coming constantly from headquarters. However, it's changing just as quickly as it's coming. Therefore, until we have solidified the information, we're not going to pass it out to you or we're not going to put it out to you until we have something solid. Something like that, I think, may perhaps have been better than radio silence. I also see their side of it, though. Mm-hmm. You know, if you put out wrong information and you're constantly putting out wrong information and retracting it, a lot a lot more people are going to be upset about that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a double-edged sword. You either don't put out the information until you have it set in stone and people are upset that you're not communicating or you communicate the wrong stuff and people get upset that you're telling them one thing and then it's another thing and then it's another thing. 
So unfortunately for our national board, they have to tap dance that fine line. Yep. And I understand but, it completely. It's logical. You know, and on top of that, if you put out completely false information and then USPS sees that, they could actually use that in contract negotiations against you. So there's even that. And every time they renew a contract, they have to think about the next contract they're going to be doing as soon as that one's signed and ready to go. It's a never-ending cycle. So you you got to um, understand both sides of the field, you know, before going off on a tangent about it because unfortunately there's a lot of hidden things that are going on behind the scenes that we can't physically see but we all get our information from the exact same place everybody else does we all get our information from the union website but like Kristen was saying if they would put out okay we're getting information but it's getting they're changing it as quick as we get it We'll put as soon as we get a definitive, you know, even once, I don't want to say once, once a week, twice a month, even once a month, just to put something saying, hey, we know there hasn't been anything any updates. We're still waiting on confirming. You're going in and out, Josh. Sorry. <laughs> I was saying, even if, like you were saying, even if they put out, Hey, we're getting information, but then we're being told it's changing as soon as we get confirmation on what, you know, definitive, correct information, we will put that out. At least keep us in the loop. Yep. So, but yeah, I mean, a lot of good information, um, like I said, and like James has said, I mean, there's a difference between your state conventions and your national conventions, you know, with that type of stuff. Those are pretty much all business. When your regional conferences, if you're looking for information, those are the ones to go to. And you don't have to go just to your specific region. If your specific region doesn't fall in a time that you know you can take off, but another region, maybe not so far away, you can sign up and go to any region. You can go to all of them if you want. You don't have to stick to your specific region to go to the conferences. And they're all informational. I mean, Sunday is usually a business day, but that's just for that region and planning on the next one, the next conference and whatnot. And they have their own business agenda for that stuff that you go through if you stick, you know, if you're there for that. But the main day is... That's the meat and potatoes of it. It really is. And on top of that, because it's a union thing, management has to approve your time off as long as there are subs available. Yeah, it's still a protection under Article 24. Yeah, so they have to give you the time off as long as subs are available. Well, let me play devil's advocate here for a minute, okay? Sure. First of all, this was introduced back in 2012. It was supposed to go online in 2015. Yep. It didn't get in place in 2018 when we had the last count and Amazon started to slam us. Now, let's just go from 2018 and say, you've had five years to definitively set this in stone. You've had three different intellectual genius engineers coordinate and 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 
certified this is how it's going to go. This was all supposed to be agreed upon by the post office and the National Rural Letter Carriers Association on the findings of three engineers, one from each and then one they settled on as an arbitrary engineer to settle disputes per se. Mm -hmm. And in the five years, they couldn't come up with a definitive explanation of everything. That is six years after they started with an additional five years that they couldn't get it completed after the additional six months from September where they pushed it back again. Now tell me why they couldn't get all these questions answered in the 11 year time frame that they had available to themselves. Tell me why they had to go back and forth on stupid little things like the UBBM, the WSH, the WSS, the carrier pickups, two pounds, not two pounds, priority, not priority. If you have a understanding with management to make pickups at, at certain locations without a carrier pickup sheet, why couldn't this been done in 11 years? Why didn't the union get this resolved in 11 years? Why was all this information being bounced back and forth before it actually was implemented? And now we're still in the same situation with pay, uh, justification, verifying the numbers, verifying the evaluations. To this day, I, I've got my third 4241 with another time on it. And, it, and to this day, I have my third 4241 that says, I have this and I have that, and I've never had them as far as my time allowances are concerned. So I don't want to hear that, you know, they, they would say one thing, bounce back and forth, and, and then, you know, rectify it, and then come back and say, no, we were wrong. This should have been done years ago. And we should never, never, never have settled to this pay adjustment from the post office on May 6th. Well, yeah, right, I me mean. That. Let me answer that. So as somebody who's done uh, minor programming and program creations and things like that, look at this as like, we'll, we use Facebook for an example, okay? Facebook, when it first came out, was a simple platform. That slowly over time, got more and more stuff added to it and you keep getting new and improved updates to it eventually facebook got so big that they overran their servers their servers couldn't handle the volume of information that was flowing through them on a daily basis so facebook had to go out and get more servers get more server space get more cloud space things like that and as they did they had to update the programming in their systems and there were bunches of bugs that occur with that so the way i look at it is the test offices were like your alpha version your very first version and as they were going along they kept updating the system changing things things like that and now we're right now on the beta version we don't have the definitive version that actually does everything we needed to do but it's enough of a, a version to actually put it out there and use find the flaws and fix the flaws. And there are some flaws that even with test offices, you can't find. 
Yep. And a lot of that, like parent-child routes, missing information on the parent-child routes. That's one of them. Getting routes that have only one zip code that are labeled as parent-child routes, which is the number that they gave out of routes with errors, are ones that were one zip code routes that were listed as parent-child routes. That was talked about at MidState. There are so many different fluid things in this, and management is trying to find a way to take as much money as possible off the evaluations, as they always have, which is, of course, the way they're supposed to do it. They want to find a way to do mail delivery as cheap as possible, and the union wants to do it at the most pay possible for carriers. And it's that back and forth that we have, and one of the reasons why we need a union in the first place, um, that is the issue here. The back and forth between the two parties, instead of coming together, finding an amicable solution that works for both sides, we have postal management that sat on its haunches until Amazon started delivering its own stuff and took away from the offices that had the high volume Amazons and stuff like that back in 2018 until they could actually say, okay, now these routes have lost a lot of packages. Now we can implement this and, and save the post office a bunch of money. Well, that's a, that's a fine argument in regards to servers and updating the algorithms and everything else. The problem of it is that they've had seven years to do this, that they've known the servers weren't capable in the first place. So, you know, where, I don't... where, was, where was the union saying, you know, look, let, let's put some money into the servers so, so that we can get more reliable information, so we can run more reliable algorithms in regards to all the nuances that the rural carriers do. I mean, to be honest, I don't think anybody knew. I don't think anybody knew that this was going to happen this way. Whoa, 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 whoa. We had three genius engineers. Remember, we had Dr. Miracle. Well, yeah. we still have Dr. Miracle on retainer. Exactly. Yeah. But the, but the but, problem of it is, you know, did, did any of these guys get their asses out into an office for a month at a time to study this shit? And the answer is no. We don't know. We don't know because we weren't there. We weren't in the room when it happened. Well, it, it, it's just like, you know, the same way you, you, you have your national board explaining to you how the scanners and everything else work. And their asses aren't out in the, on the road either, is it? Is, isn't that true? Okay. I mean, you know, Easy. don't tell me how to do my job if you don't do my job. And especially for the people on the National Board who have no idea how to even set up a scanner, let alone work it. Yeah, because I think wasn't a former board member last year that was trying to explain the scanners and had no experience with them? The, um, the, um, you, you may be correct in that. Yeah, I. <sighs> His defense, he said he 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 said he had no experience using. Yeah, they, they did admit to it, so I'll I'll yeah. give him that. But that's well, okay. Let, let, let me go from my background. Okay, I, I'm I'm pretty well versed in, in in a certain field that we can't discuss because people might be threatened by it. Yep. But if I tried to explain it to you over the phone versus showing you how I do it on, on, a, on a table with all the parts laid out and everything, you would have no comprehension of, of what to do, how to do, how things go back together again, how they come apart, how you clean them, how you maintain them. You would have no idea whatsoever, correct? 
Correct. It'd be better hands-on. So, yes. So if, if, if I bring you into my house and show you, demonstrate, and then, you know, break everything back down, you'll at least have an understanding of how things go, are taken apart, put together, and how they work. Correct. But if you don't touch the damn scanner, don't tell me how to use it. The the problems with the uh, servers goes all the way back to when Joey Johnson back in, you know, Grand Rapids yeah. last time we were there. And, you know, again, here we are in a predicament where we, the post office is so concerned about the, the new NGDVs, which they were trying to actually get out at that time, instead of bringing their systems up to speed. And and the, the worst demonstration of, of their incompetence is just in HR. We have people in HR who are putting those jobs right now for my district who have no HR experience. They don't want to be in HR, but it was either go to HR in the post office where you've been for 28 years or go out in the real world and get a job. So it was easy just to transition over to HR. Now you have a job that you don't know how to do. We have a problem posting a route. Three months. Finally, a guy had to come up from D.C. to show them. And then when the route gets awarded, I have to file a grievance for three months of salary that somebody didn't earn because HR didn't do their job in a timely fashion. Why? Because they don't know how to use the system or the system won't let them do this. You've got ERMS, you got Rex, you got MMS, you got the LTM, DPM. And, and, and these bigger, people don't even know what the acronyms stand for. We actually had a job fair today, okay? And, it, and the lady putting the job fair on comes back and says, does anybody know what a PTF is? And I says, yes, why? She goes, well, we're trying to hire city carriers, and they're looking for a PTF position, and, and we don't have anything, anything like that. We have CCAs and PSEs and, and all this stuff, but we don't have any PTFs. I'm like, okay. <laughs> what department do you work? Oh, <laughs> I'm an HR. I'm an HR, Delaware PA2 district. Okay. <laughs> you know, and that was the thing is the presentation that the uh, regional uh, headquarters guy was giving when he was giving us the mail volume declines, all the little charts and everything, it was all city data. There was no rural data whatsoever. And the reason that we got for that was... Uh, Oh, I had it written down here. Because the rural system is still being built and only shows stuff for one to twice a year. With um, with the volume still coming in, the data from Rex does not transfer to the finance side of stuff. So mm -hmm. yeah. I understand there was this pandemic that happened and everybody went worked from home. So why couldn't we have worked on database and interface at that time? Why couldn't this stuff have been resolved prior to all this? If you knew that you didn't have a way to track that like you do the city side, and you knowing that you're trying to implement this new pay structure that relies on that data, why wasn't that interface taken care of in the beginning? The same, same reason why, you know, during the two, two plus years of COVID, why, why wasn't the national board down on the front steps? of the U.S. Postal Service, Levant Plaza, demanding 
the stuff being done, you know, the, the servers, the, the information, you know, the, the, uh, the evaluations of uh, each time standard that they were trying to implement. I, I, I don't stand because you weren't traveling around the country going to all the conventions and conferences. So you had plenty of time while living in Alexandria to be there every day. So why weren't you down there at LaFont Plaza looking out for our interests? Oh, that's right. You weren't in Alexandria. You were back home working remotely. It's hard to get to get, get to Joy's attention when you're, you know, south of the border there. I mean, you know, I'm sorry for being the angry man, but folks, you know, we deserve better. I mean, we're the ones who had our asses out there every day through the entire COVID period. And then we were, we were, we were the ones being questioned about why we would call out sick if we had COVID symptoms. Well, because we didn't want to take it home to our families. Right. We didn't want to get it ourselves or spread it to our coworkers or our customers. But we were out there every damn day, weren't we? We were. We were definitely out there every darn day. So when my local management, you know, comes to me with the situation and I explained to them that, well, you know, quite frankly, that's not my concern. That's a management problem. When they, oh, help me out. Where were you when, when you know, we were helping you out during COVID? When we were short staffed? When we, when, when we were down to two RCAs for our office? Where were you? Where were you when we were working, you know, 10, 11 hour days in the dark, in the cold, in the rain? I mean, where were you? You were home with your families. So please don't ask me to give any more because frankly, Scarlett, I don't give a damn. <laughs> Josh, you're you being know, quiet like, over there. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> try not to make background noises to make um, editing easier. Oh, thank you. Um, with what you were saying about, you know, with all this and getting the data and the servers and everything ready. I asked a few, you know, when they first, we got our first 4241As and they told us that they had to delay it because the data wasn't there. I said it then, why didn't they upload prior to all this data into the system? Yeah, it's unfortunate. We should have been you uploading know. it as, as we were going. You know, I'm not that... And I said it, not even necessarily on a daily, but even a weekly basis. If they upload that data, it'd be there. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, none of us work at headquarters, so we uh, don't have those answers at all. So we just kind of go with the information that's passed on to us. Yes, there's frustrations. Yeah, and the ones that I know that are in the loop are kept out of the loop. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's... At this point, I hate to say it, it is what it is, and I know those of you guys that are looking to file disputes, definitely file those, but make sure that you have the data to back it up. Um, if you know for certain that you didn't get credit where credit was due or credit was supposed to be, that you get all that information for when it's ready to actually file those um, they did tell us that there was supposed to be a dispute form and a, pro- a dispute process type outline, possibly, along with the form. 
up on the website. They're hoping by Monday. I know that hasn't happened yet, so hopefully by the end of the week. I'm sure once that comes out, we'll all get the blast, and then you guys can all go to the website and get those new dispute forms and dispute anything and everything that you need to dispute. That's basically all I can say on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, I, I mean, not... Yeah, it's some of those. I I was talking to another carrier friend of mine that she went. She was one of those that went from a forty four or forty five k to a forty four h. Those are big drops, and definitely look over your information to make sure. Uh, oh, Ben's asking, uh, don't we have until this upcoming Monday to file? That's when they released it, right? Um, they're not on the timely thing. I think there's an agreed extension. For filing, yeah, for filing because of uh, getting the new uh, dispute process. I know it had been something that was going to be agreed upon between both parties before they released it to us. So once they get that agreement and they release it to us, then get those disputes going. So, um, yeah, well, that's interesting um, because, and I know this is a whole new system, and they have to create everything new to gear around this, but. Previously, with the old count system, you had, they gave you your information, your, your tentative numbers, and you had, like, that week or whatever it was, whatever the time frame was, to submit your disputes to get it, try and get it corrected before the new um, evaluations went into effect. Yeah, and unfortunately... Well, at this point, the new evaluations are already in effect, so... If you have disputes and they're valid disputes and your management says, yes, this is a valid dispute, are they going to go in back pay? That has not uh, been... I, I know. It, it's a rhetorical... That's what they said. That's what they said at, at mid-states. What Ronnie said at mid-states is that the disputes, and then they can go through and they can correct it and they can do back pay on people. And one of the people commented, yeah, in eight to ten months, like our back pay for the contract. Oh yeah. But right. hopefully, hopefully they'll expedite it, and it won't take that long. We can hope for that, but you never know. On the other side of that, also is they don't want people who are disputing it just because they just don't like the evaluation that they got. Yeah, that dispute they're just gonna dispute will not fly once at all. <laughs> yeah, neither management or the union are going to accept anything without facts to back it up. So make sure you if if you feel like your package count is low. Count your packages every day. Make sure that you're recording how much you have because that's the way to prove it, whether it's right or wrong, is if you can take a week of, of packages or a two-week amount, just like an old mail count, two weeks, and average that out per day and figure out whether that's what's on your 4241 or not. I know it's not going to be heavy volume like uh, holiday season or anything like that, but the more information you have to say, hey, look, I'm still getting 110 packages a day on this route, but my evaluation only says I'm doing 70 a day. Then you've got a dispute right there. Yeah. Same with your flats. You know, if, if you count your flats for two weeks and you see that it's not the number that you actually have on your on your 4241M for your daily volume, you can dispute that. But if you turn around and just say, I got too low of an evaluation. I don't like it. It's not going to fly. Yeah. And, that, you know, and make sure that you're asking management 
for those end of run reports, your radar report, your PTR report, which actually is your parcels for the day. You know, keeping up with your daily account. If there's any missing data at all, if there's zeros where there shouldn't be, that's definitely something you need to dispute. Um, if your distance measurements aren't correct, if your safety service talks aren't getting entered into RMSS, you know, that type of stuff is definitely one. I moved to another route. Yeah. <laughs> that happened in my office. Blue boxes got moved to another route. Um, and uh, if, if, if you have a CBU that the first address is vacant, that CBU is not recorded in your system as being an active box. So you're not getting credit for that whole CBU. You can dispute that as well. Yeah, they're working on trying to Daily figure discount. out something for the inactive CBU anchors. Also, they're trying to recalculate a coverage factor for CBUs that is separate than those of curbside boxes. But basically, the main thing is, is they're going to start watching for benchmarks for your scans. So if you didn't have, you know, very many unscannable parcels before, and then your new evaluation comes in, and now you're getting 200 unscannable parcels a day, that's going to red flag them. So basically, guys, just... Do your job as normal, scan appropriately, and then, you know, run your route as normal. It, I mean, I've seen a lot of people comment, you know, well, my evaluation used to be nine hours, now it's seven and a half, and so when I get to seven and a half, I'm going to call it quits. No, just, just do the route, guys. Do the route as yeah, you normally ran the route before, you know, making the accurate scans, that's really all you can do. I mean, don't be one of those that's going to make things detrimental to yourself down the road. Just just do your job as you've always done it. And I'm going to say this. Even though you're only getting paid seven and a half hours right now and you may be working eight, eight and a half, you're working on your next evaluation already. Yep. Everything you put in now is working towards your next evaluation that's coming up in September. And we get them in October. So even if you got lambasted on your route, do your scans, do them as honestly as you can, you know, do what you think is the best. Remember, carry your discretion. <laughs> Make sure you're doing, if you think there's a scan that should be done, there's probably a scan that should be done. Don't leave money on the table for your next evaluation. Because a lot of us did leave money on the table for this evaluation because either we didn't know we had to do these scans or we didn't know that these scans were for this thing, stuff like that. So be sure to, to ask your local designated union representative about the scans that you should be doing and do them daily. Get your subs involved. Your subs may, may turn around. This was something I saw earlier. Your sub may turn around and say, well, it doesn't really bother me. I don't need to do the scans. Well, when you go to become a regular, guess what? You're going to get the smallest route in the office, and it's probably the route you didn't do the scans on. So you're going to cut your nose off just because you want to get done with this and move on to the next route that you've got to do because your office is shorthanded. Well, when you go to become regular, now you got to work a year before you get to the actual evaluation of the route. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and that that's one of the things. I want to try and get a series up for RCAs, get it going, get it started. And that's one of my biggest things with RCAs, is still being an RCA currently, is when I step into a case, and I don't care what route it is, whether it's my primary route, my, my aux route, um, I'm having to run somebody else's route that day because there's no other coverage. When I step into that case, I take ownership of that route. I'm going to treat that route as if it was my route all the time. And I don't think a lot of RCAs nowadays have that mentality. You know, if this is something that you're looking of going the long road with and becoming career down the road, you need to take ownership of that route. Yes, every regular has their own system. I know some regulars that... Okay, if you get PARS labels, you know, leave them here for me. I'll take care of them when I get back because, you know, they have their certain ways. Not a problem. I'm still going to look at that PARS label and be like, okay, so-and-so, okay, that's not going to affect me today. Oh, yep, they're forwarded out starting today. I'll make sure I take care of that now. You know, holds, you know, double-checking, making sure there's the holds that are going back, that you got those ready to go if they're a delivery and not a pickup. You know, I even try to pull the holds that go back the next day if the regulars work in the next day. You know, that that is, and that kind of goes along with this with the recs and the scans as an RCA. Treat that route as if it's yours. And it doesn't matter if it's not yours and you're just filling in for that day. Treat that route as if it was yours. And do what you would do as if that was your own route. I've got an example of that. I have a route in my office that the regular carrier wasn't going to do the scans unless he was paid to do them and no matter how much convincing i tried to do they weren't going to do those scans unless management told them they were being paid for them and luckily the rca that ran that route albeit overzealously made sure to do the scans on the route and that route came back as a j route because of that sub, an RCA can make a difference on a route, they especially can. with these scans. You, you know, and I, and that's the one thing. Like I said, it, it didn't matter what route I run that day. You know, if I had a postage due, if I remembered, I'd put that postage due scan in. I forgot one today. I'll admit it. That's still my weak spot right there. Is those postage dues. But you know, if we had box holders that day, I made sure the box holder went in. If we had, you know, holds going back and it was the proper amount to go back as an unscannable parcel, I make sure I scanned it that way. You know, you treat those routes as if they were your own. You know, I think if more can do that, more regulars will learn to appreciate you a bit more. Every regular in my office... <clears throat> will come up to me and let me know of changes on their route. That way, the next time I run it, or I may see their RCA before they do, I can relay that information. Or, hey, so-and-so is putting a box up. Oh, okay, cool. I may not see your route for a month, but good to know there's going to be a new box up there. Or, you know, so-and-so is forwarding out, but, you know, they're going through a divorce, so don't deliver their mail, but deliver the other one's mail. Okay, you know, cool, thanks. You know, it's then me trying to keep that straight when I go and run that route the next time to something totally different. But you want to build even just a working relationship with a regular. Communication is key. And that goes for regulars too. 
you know, regulars communicating with the RCAs that are the relief carriers, not necessarily RCAs, PTFs as well, that are running your route. I know when I first started, and I think this is something I'm going to incorporate when I go regular, we had uh, a notebook at the desk and anything pertinent information that somebody should know about, um, we wrote it down in. That way, if the regular was gone for like a week or something on vacation or doing whatever, you know, and I started having snow holds or, you know, snowbirds were coming back or, you know, I could write so-and-so's back or so-and-so forwarded out. It's just an individual, not a family or it's a family. You know, we put those, we dated it and we put those pertinent information in there and then we just had a little bookmark to say, okay, this is where you open up to to start with for today. That way there was always constant communication, even though we didn't see each other all the time. Well, I, I'm just thinking because, you know, you, you're talking about the one year, you know, uh, change and all that. And um, I, I know most of us realize, but even in my office, people didn't realize that all this information that went into this current rally evaluation started two years ago. Mm-hmm. That that's that set the footprint for the, the, the year 2022. And then the 2022 was the start of the actual compilation of data. Yep. And I explained it to the people. I mean, I, I, I couldn't be more simple about it. Scanner in one hand, wallet in the other hand. What goes in the scanner goes in the wallet. You don't put it in here, don't cry about this because it's up to you to protect your paycheck. Yeah. And I explained to the subs too, the same way. You're going to be paid on the evaluation based on what goes in that scanner. If you shortchange that route and I'm the regular, I'm going to be upset. If you're a sub and your regular is shortchanging it, I would be upset as the sub. Yeah. It's working together to get the most out of the route's evaluation. You know, you were talking about the unscannable packages, uh, parcels as you know, 200 of them. You know, luckily I keep mine down at 42 a day. But <laughs> I think I had one today, but it was, an, you know, it, it was a parcel. It wasn't a priority mailer with a metered thing on it and no scan. I'm like, oh yeah, that's definitely unscannable. But, you know, that's making that correct but, call and doing the scans correctly. Don't over... And whether you're, 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 yeah, whether you're union or not, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to help you protect your paycheck and your sub's paycheck, okay? So I'm going to help you as much as possible. I mean, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I printed off stuff at home because I don't have time to do it at, at the post office. Yep. And, and their copiers are, you know, not as nice as mine. So, you know, I give you all the information, but I can't make you, you can't make a horse walk, drink. You can lead them to the trial, but you can't make them drink. Yep. Same thing. I can give you all the information, but it's up to you to act on it. And and I think a lot of people who are upset about the routes going down are the ones who, you know, kind of poopod the whole thing and said, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't worry about it. I got to do the six scans. Folks, there was a lot more than six scans in there that you had to do yep. or you should have done. And there are some, there are some that did all their scans, did everything they were supposed to, and still lost in this. And some, some routes, unfortunately, did deserve to go down. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's hear me out on this. 
hear me out on this. If if they did a count every time we were able to do a count per the contract, we would have had 10 counts between the last count in 2018 and now. There would have been 10 counts. If you take that and you take one hour off for each one of those counts, that's 10 hours right there. So if your route went down 10 hours, it could have gone down one hour every single count. That's a possibility. I'm not saying it's a blanket for everybody, but that is a possibility right there. Another side of it is there were losses on values. You know, you have the speed matrix now, which killed a lot of long distance routes. CBUs have, are a big issue with this whole system as well. You know, it's it's amazing that the first box that's anchored on a CBU, if it's vacant, makes the whole CBU vacant. But yet a mailbox, the first mailbox on an anchored set of mailboxes doesn't vacant the whole anchored set of vacant of mailboxes. So I don't know why they're having such issues with that when they're basically the same program running on that. But I, I think you, it just has you also to do have, with whether the centralized and the CBU <clears throat> coding of them, I think because those are different values. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's going along with the values though, too. I mean, as you went from a non L status of two minutes per box or an L status of 1.82 minutes per box down to 1.2 minutes across the board for everybody. So if you were a non L status, if you were, a non-L status route at two minutes a box, taking that down to 1.2 minutes, that's a big loss. Yep. That is a huge, huge loss. And I know that was one of the biggest things off my primary route. At 478 boxes and 93 miles, that was 95 minutes a week right off the bo- right off the top, just in the box yeah. value alone. And then the drive speed <laughs> matrix on top of it. Yeah, I mean, that, that, was, day, that was the three-hour loss. Yeah, back in the day, if you had miles, you got paid. And now, you know, when they put the speed matrix in there, your your mileage are like a trucker. It's They're deadhead miles. They're not paying anything. They are. Uh, but nine point, yeah, nine yeah, well, point I'm, two. I'm saying, you know, you, yeah. you used to get paid the two minutes a mile. But now it's, you know, if you're doing 45 miles an hour and, you know, you're going over a... 20 mile stretch guess what folks <laughs> you, you just got one third of what you used to get uh, yeah like my per- like my average out to 12 minutes a mile i believe it was 12 minutes a mile yeah if i'm not mistaken 12 minutes a mile and, and now with with the highest highest speed you have to be doing an average of 47 miles an hour and you get paid 9.2 minutes per mile for anything that's if i believe it's just under a mile it's close to almost close to a mile distance so anything over a mile would be at 9.2 minutes per mile but creep time it was increased to 20.8 i believe is was the calculation 20.8 minutes per mile yeah so those that were were l status as you know didn't get hurt as bad no nowhere near I mean, we're talking about, you know, my primary route's 10 miles to the first box. My aux route itself is 10 mi- 13 miles to the first box and 10 miles from the last box back to the office. You know... It's 23 miles. You're getting paid 9.2 minutes per mile. Yeah, and the same with the other one. With the primary, it's 10 miles to the first box and 13 miles back to the office. Again, another 23 miles that's straight deadhead and... 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's that basically hurts. three minutes a mile that you're losing. Yeah. 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 And if you're, if you're in a town that it's the speed limit is 25 miles per hour the whole way through that time, you're losing money because you're supposed to be doing 47 for that distance. Yeah, I, I think on my primary it said I had 10 minutes of drive time to the first box. Half the time it can take 10 minutes to get outside of town before you have yeah. you know can pick up to, to, to speed. Because you've got a couple stoplights and... If it's one, especially in the summertime, traffic and all that other stuff. Snow so, in the winter. Yeah. Snow in the winter. Yeah, exactly. Where it's... you can't even go above 30 because of the snow. Yeah. Again, this is where, you know, engineers, you know, have, haven't been out in the route. And so, guess what? Those factors aren't taken into consideration. Yep. I mean, like it's... Said, make sure you're doing everything you can to put the money from the table into your wallet. Yep. All right. So remember, money from the table means be accurate, mm-hmm. as accurate as you possibly can. And run your route as normal as you normally would. Do the whole route. Drive the whole route. Don't cut the corners. But I want to bring up something Um, kind of... Ben silently reminded us that uh, the food drive is this weekend. Saturday um, is the food drive. There, it We have always done this as a volunteer. It's for a good cause. There is nothing to put in the scanner when you pick up food. There is nothing to put in the scanner. Well, you can put the box holder in for the cards if you get the cards. Yes, if you've passed out the cards and or bags... Then yes, you get, you you get a get, box holder. Yes, you get a box holder letter for the cards and a box holder flat for the bags. But they are not parcel. <laughs> no, and, and picking and, up and food you, is not parcels, <laughs> and it's not carrier pickup. <laughs> they're not. They're not unscannable parcels. No, they're not unscannable parcels. Nor is it a carrier pickup. It. <laughs> I have seen that so much going around and. You know, this it but, comes around every year, and every year it's the same thing. So, but you can you can you can pick out your favorite foods that you collect, right? I'm gonna leave that to carrier discretion. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, the the correct I, answer I, I would be no. <laughs> I did that one year. I, I I had oh at least twenty some bags of stuff in my truck. And I'm unloading it, and I'm going through each bag, and I'm setting stuff off to the side. And the lady asked me what, what I was doing. I says, I'm not getting paid for this, so I have to get some kind of remuneration here. I says, so, you know, I want the stovetop stuffing. I want the green giant beans. <laughs> she goes, this is for needy. I says, you, do you have work for the post office? She goes, no. I said, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> now, I actually had uh, one of the customers. I have said, I haven't ran my primary in quite a long time let alone on a nice day. Last time I ran it, it was raining. Um, so I didn't see anybody. So I got to see quite a few people today. You know, it's kind of, hey, stranger, long time no see. And uh, one of my guys was like, so Saturday. I'm like, yeah. He goes, bags, boxes. I said, whatever you choose to do. He's like, okay, because we've got a whole bunch. He goes, I'll help you load it, though, when you get here. I said, that'll be good. Because I actually get to run my primary route again on Friday and Saturday. So that'll it's a nice little change of scenery. What happens on my route? Because this is the first year I can definitively say every address got a card. In the seven years I've been on the route now, 
for the food drive, I think I've collected a total of 10 cans of food. We already have a pumpkin full of food that's already been collected early so far in our office. I, I, yeah, I'm... we we usually get four or five pumpkins full for our office. Yeah, but we've already um, have one so far that people have put out early this week. So, uh, yeah. I want Mr. Johnson to, to qualify his question about the test offices uh, lost a lot because mine was one of the original test offices and we had two routes go down three hours average became J routes, but every route, including the H routes, we're all almost overburdened K routes now. Yeah, I started. I I started in a test office, and you know scans changed periodically during the testing. Um, I know in the three and a half years I was there, they had some that they brought in, took some out, said, "Okay, we're going to do this one for six weeks," and then we're not doing that one anymore, and then we're going to do this and do that, and so it changed quite a bit. Um, I definitely know what we have today It's active is different for the most part um, from the test study offices from when they first started doing that. It, I'm not sure exactly how my old office went. I know there was some of them that did end up going into overburden status. But again, that office's mail volume in general is a lot more than the current office I'm in. Yeah, and and if we if we have offices out there like mine where the postmaster says, "Hey, the mail volume hasn't changed from 2018, but the routes went down," you know, that's something that needs to be looked into. And I made sure that when I was at Mid States, I told Ronnie and uh, Jeanette to look into my office because the volumes haven't really changed since 2018 in it, but almost every route in my office went down. Mm-hmm. So something's going on there that they need to look into. You know, an example of a uh, office that has somebody who actually cares, my postmaster actually cares, to say, hey, look, the mail volume hasn't changed. Why have these routes gone down? Obviously, thanks to that regional manager, we know that they're not getting the answers from the regional manager. So... I put it to Ronnie and Jeanette to take a look into it, see if maybe the union can do something in my office for it. Yeah, I think that's where you just kind of instruct all your carriers to go through their 4241Ms with a fine-tooth comb and write all the discrepancies down. Exactly. And I have a carrier that actually records all the packages that she delivers for the day on her calendar, on her case. Uh-huh. So she knows exactly how many parcels she's had for the last year, pretty much. So we can use that to determine whether her parcel volume is correct or not. Little things like that, fact-finding, that's the best way to do it. Yep. No, we're not allowed to have calendars at our case because that's considered a personal item. It's a postal calendar. <laughs> it, it, it's still a personal <laughs> item. That's our, about our, our, the one. Our assistant, our, our assistant postmaster custodian made that determination <laughs> oh the, oh the custodian that wanted your trays off the floor so he could do his work without having to move anything yeah so the, yeah the custodian who now has a note taped to my case saying that the postmaster approved these being here in a neat and orderly fashion as of 5 8 2023 <laughs> yeah and I, I also put on there that you know anytime you need to apply floor black to our floor 
notify us and we'll be glad to put our case trays and tubs up on our cases to be out of your way because we would you know we wouldn't want them to get dirty right right this this is the best dress custodian i've ever seen in my life i've never <laughs> seen him dirty never seen him dirty yeah we don't we don't we also don't want him blowing out his back trying to lift five trays oh, empty trays yes <laughs> five empty trays yeah I, I, I uh, just you know I, I just sit there and laugh. I said, you know, who's running this place? You know. <laughs> but yeah, we just we want you guys to know that everything you do and everything everything we talk about here in in this podcast is one hundred percent for us to have fun with you guys. And we bring this information to you to get you to get into discussions with your carriers in your office, with your local union steward, with your management, with everybody. We want you guys to go on the national website, the NRLCA.org, and look up this information. We want you to educate yourself because the, the strongest union is the most educated union. And get active. I mean, that was, our, I think, our number one goal when we started this, was to get people to be active. I mean, even mm -hmm. in one capacity or another, I see all these people that are wanting to get out of the union. That's not going to make the union any stronger. I see people, in effect, there was a question posted, you know, during mid-states on what would happen if the union was decertified. I mean, honestly, you do not want to be left at the mercy of USPS. No. <laughs> no, you don't. I mean... It is... If you want to know what if you want to know what happens when the union gets decertified, think about all the stuff the union has actually defended carriers on. If we didn't have the union, Rex would have been implemented last year. Oh, I think it would have been whether or that. not it had errors or not. It would have been implemented a long time ago. On top of that. We probably would be off the evaluated system on hourly pay. Some people say that's great, but we'd be on hourly pay and you would have to do whatever management says, when management says it. And the only protection you would have really would be yourself. You wouldn't have a union steward that could come in and file a grievance against management for you to get yourself paid. Like the carriers that got paid the new evaluation on their current paycheck, even though it wasn't in effect yet. The union's fighting on that already. We wouldn't have the benefits that we have. We wouldn't have the insurance available to us that we have available. There are so many other underlying things that are in there. You know, we're not at the national office to see what they do on a daily basis. You know, and... I posted something on the Facebook page and the Instagram earlier, and it really kind of touches home to what you see out there. You know, it was Morgan Freeman, who I just absolutely adored. It says, just because I disagree with you does not mean that I hate you. We need to relearn that as in, a, in our society. And I think we need to relearn that in our union as well. Is we not, We're not always going to agree and we may always have different opinions with the leaders that have been voted in by the, by the delegates of the membership. But we still need to respect them 
you know, yes, they they have been carriers in the past. They have been on the board for several of them for many years. They are doing a job that they were elected to do. If you're not happy with a job that they are doing, then you need to get involved. You need to be active. You need to voice that out. You need to vote for who you think would do a better job. You you need to be active in order to do to make that difference. You need to be active. And if you think you can do a better job, run for office. Yeah. Get, get your out name there. out there. Get I mean, in front of, get in front of people. Get get yourself active, involved, and show the people that hey, I got a better idea how to do this. Vote for me. Yeah, and, it, it's and, that simple. And get out there and you talk know, with the know? people. You know, I did run for national office last year. I am not formally running for office for national office this year. Um, <clears throat> it was kind of brought up to me by a couple people in my state, and I maybe running for a state board position this year. But I had several people approach me um, at the conference this weekend during social time, not just from my home state, but from other states that were asking me if I was running again this year. Uh, that actually, I was quite surprised I got that. You know, they get, I'm standing there talking to Mike and somebody else approaches me and taps me on the shoulder and was like, hey, are you running again this year? You know, and I'm just like, oh, wow, okay. You know, I, I talked to somebody, one of the people that is running this year, and they asked me if I was running again. So it really, you know, you can. It's a, It takes time to get your name out there, but you have to put the work into it. I mean, I've been doing that for since the beginning. I've sat on local boards. I was a local treasurer for four years. I am now my local VP I ran for national last year. I had no expectations of winning. I mean, you're not going to get very far on 38 votes, but I learned a lot. I really did. I've been approached by a couple people in my state about running for my state board this year. You know, if I run and if I get it, great. That just means if I get nominated on the floor at national, I will decline it if I get elected to my state board. If I don't get elected to my state board... As I told them, I said, I'm not formally running. You know, this next year is my daughter's senior year of high school. I kind of want to be around for that. But if I was to be nominated on the floor, I would not turn it down. And the only reason I would turn that down now is if I did get elected to my state board. So I'm just putting that that out there. Is You know, you have to. I mean, we got one person that's running for executive committeeman who actually just went full as a full-time regular. I think he told me last year, a year and a half ago, something like that. You know, he as an RCA, he was on his state board. He, I think he was president of the state board at one time, he was saying. He did a couple different positions on his state board. He's, been, he's an ADR. You know, you can do that as an RCA even. You can be involved. You can be a local steward. You can apply to be an area or an ADR. You can run for your state board. You can sit on your state board, your local board. You can run for national if you feel you need to do so. Anybody can do that. As long as you're in a member of good standing, anybody can step up to run. You can step up to run. You can go to your like, your regional conferences and ask questions. You can go to state conferences. You can go and ask questions there. You can go to your national conference, ask questions there. You can contact your local designated union representative, ask questions there. 
get them involved with you. Get to know them. Get friendly with them. Because when you need information, they should be providing it for you. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be relying on social media to get your answers. You should be getting it from the people who get their information directly from the national board. Because they're going to be the ones who can guide you the best out there, supposedly. <laughs> Thank you for that <laughs> qualification. <laughs> now, if my carriers come to me and ask questions and I don't have the right answer, that's on me. But if I don't have the right answer here on the podcast and you're not willing to go and research it yourself, that's on you. You're the one who has to find the information for yourself, whether it's through going through the national website or going through your local union steward. It's on you. This is just fun for us to get information to carriers that we believe to be accurate at the time we talk about it. And we get corrected all the time. We make mistakes. We're only human. But your union stewards are the people you need to be going to to get your information from. You know, and any misinformation that we have put out there may have just been part of due to the inconsistent information that's been handed out across the board. But, you know, if we misspeak on something, you know, we'll turn around the next episode and correct ourselves. Not a problem doing that. You're not going to be able to correct all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, especially with the information coming from management from the NRLC uh, a the from your ADR, your DR, you know, you're you're getting it from so many different sources. On top of, you know, the different Facebook groups, you know, the rural infonet, uh, info dot net, you know, all these sources out there all have different perspectives on this stuff, and you know, they put their own slant on it. If it's not in black and white, then it's gossip. Yep. Period. You know, and that's and, if, you can... and, if, and if we do make mistakes, which you know are. are you know, we usually self-correct, you know, um, among the, our own group. But if we, even if we still do make a mistake, and, you know, guess what? We'll admit to it because we're big enough to do that. And we're also responsible enough to say, we made a mistake. This is the corrected version. This is how you should go forward. Because we want you to have the most accurate, up-to-date information to do your job. And we correct it here on the podcast where we said it. We don't correct it online. We don't correct it on Facebook. We correct it in our podcast because this is where we set it. This is where the correction needs to be. That's it. Bottom line. Right. Amen like, that. For example, like at the top of this episode, you know, I said I misspoke a little bit. You know, we did correct it last week by the end of that segment with that question. But I just wanted to make sure and clarify, you know, what the, you know, with that situation to make sure that it was clear of what was said or what was intended to be said. Yeah. We may, we may sit here and just constantly talk and suffer from oral diarrhea, but we're here just having a blast with each other, talking about rural craft stuff. That's what we do. That's what we do in our offices. That's what we do at home to the uh, dismay of our significant others. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I hear about it all the time. Don't talk shop. Don't talk shop. Don't talk shop. But, you know. Yeah. But we are passionate enough about our craft and about our fellow brothers and sisters 
that we want to talk about it with each other and let you guys hear what we have to say. You know, we compare. And that's why we do that. And we compare notes to, you know, what, you know, if Bill's been told one thing, Josh told something else, James told something else, I, you know, hear something else. You know, we all compare notes and we're being just like, wow, that's nothing like what I was told, but okay. You know, it, that's the inconsistency and it's sad to have that inconsistency. But when you have a service that is as large as ours with over 600,000 employees, you're going to get inconsistencies. 82,000 routes. Yeah, just on the rural side alone. On the rural side alone, just just our craft alone. Yeah. Then you add in the city, city side, then you add in the clerks, you add in your maintenance people, including VMF, uh, janitors, uh, building maintenance, your truck e- drivers, your where plant mail handlers, EAS, your management too gets yeah. included in that count. Even management has to get their information from somewhere, and everybody's inconsistent on it. And bits and pieces get out here and there to each each side. We're just saying, do your research. Go on the union website if you don't have access to the union website. Ruralinfo.net posts most of the information from the union website itself because uh, everybody link, that talks about they yeah link. they link to the union website yep. and that information is there for your consumption or and or get with your you get with your 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 friend that is or another coworker that is you know has access In and see union. if yeah, yeah. And see if they can you know be like hey you know or join you know, that's yeah, join or join. Yeah. That's the best way is to join and, and get the access yourself. But you can always talk with your local dues paying member in your office and say, Hey, I heard this came out on the union website. Could you print it off for me so I can read it? Or can you text me a screenshot or something? You know, it's there, there's yeah. ways out there. It's. And the best way is, is to join the union and help your fellow brothers and sisters of the craft with going to these these union conferences and going to your your local meetings and stuff like that and i get it some people they can't afford to they can't afford to join the union because they've got a 600 dollars car payment that they're making now plus their house payment plus their kids feed feeding their kids putting clothes on their back things like that and some people can't afford to yeah, I mean, they can't afford I, I, to I, drive I, all the way to the, the closest local meeting. They can't afford the gas to go three hours down to the to a city where everybody's meeting for the local union meetings and stuff like that. But there's ways you can get into that stuff and get involved and find out the information that you need to know because you got the basic information at your orientation. You got basic information from your OJT at your office. But it, in any job, it's up to you to perfect your craft. And take ownership in your paycheck. It's your money waiting for you to come get it. But yeah, but those, I mean, like I said, those routes, it took a huge hit. And those that were doing the scans, definitely go through your numbers with a fine tooth comb. I mean, preferably end of shift time, but I we all know how management can be with that. And you're going to go cross-eyed trying to look at that in a hurry. You know, if you 
just, you know, take your time and go through that stuff and make sure your information is correct. And if it's not, then dispute it. But yeah, we're going to start winding it down. And uh, it's been a little bit. <laughs> yeah, there's so much, so much information out there available. And even if not, you know, you should have a PO603 at your case. That is your duties and responsibilities. That's one of the things that you should read and learn is everything that, that you can do for your job mm-hmm. and make sure that you are doing it to the best of your ability because the only person now that's capable of changing your evaluation in a meaningful way is yourself. No longer do we have these two-week counts where they bring in a bunch of postal managers to count everything. Now it's, it's everything you do every single day. So make sure you're doing what you need to do to protect your salary. You know, in the next mini-mail survey, it's going to go 52 weeks back. You're always going to have peak season included in. So just remember that. It's a 52-week rolling average. So where you didn't know because you weren't properly trained on certain scans and now you know that is going to, it may take a year to catch up with you. But, you know, just just keeping that stuff and taking the ownership of it, including the RCAs, yes, you're just as important. Take ownership of that and you know, it'll work itself out. I mean, that's really, I've, you know, unfortunately some routes were going to go down regardless. When you haven't had any sort of mail count in five years, things change. And five years is a yeah. long and, time not to count. And I know that a lot of people are hurting right now. Mm-hmm. Even, even in my office, they're hurting. Because this is a, a gut punch for a lot of people. And I know September is a long way off for a lot of people. Not but when we reach September, it's, it's, yeah, you're counting down the days to that. But <laughs> Yeah, I'll be going regular about the same time the uh, next uh, evaluations will but, be coming in. But the key here is, is those routes that are under-value, undervalued right now because we didn't put in the scans, we weren't trained on them, we didn't have them, we weren't told to use them. If you're doing your scans and your route is undervalued right now, you're working more than what your route is evaluated at, when these count, this count happens in September and the numbers come back in October, most likely your route's going to go back up. Maybe most not. likely. Maybe you not may not fully. think so. It won't go fully back up because you're going to still have six months with no scans on there, but you're going to start creeping up towards your actual evaluation. And I know that's not a consoling situation. It doesn't comfort anybody. But hopefully, with that also, we can argue that, well, we've got proof that it's gone up three hours here, and it was evaluated this, now it's gone up three hours. If we take that and we tabulate it up, it means that route's probably going to go up four and a half, five hours by the time it's all said and done. Maybe. That just depends on what happens with the mail volumes. That's... And we, we can hope. We can hope and pray that if that's the case, the union has something on the side with management that says, hey, if these guys go up on their next count, we should pay them something for 
this last six months. Don't hold your breath on that. May not may not happen, <laughs> but we can always hope for that. We hope for the best and prepare for the worst. Like I said, don't hold your breath on anything like that. But on that note, we are no. going to wind it down for tonight. So, James, your, any other last final words tonight? Just remember, everything is carrier discretion on these scans. And supposedly, the, resol- the dispute form will come out shortly, and then we can use that to file our stuff. Just make sure you're being accurate, make sure you're being honest, and just do your job to the best of your ability. Because the most important person on this evaluation is you, whether you're a regular RCA, PTF, or even an ARC that's running packages. You're important to us. You are the rural craft. You are our brothers and sisters out there in the field working your job tirelessly day in and day out. And just know that no matter what, we're here for you just like everybody else. Josh, you have any last uh, commentary for this evening? Just like the rest of them said, just make sure you're, you know, you take the time, check your sheets and your numbers. Um, do the scans that you know are valid scans. Or, you know, like James said, come September, if you're doing scans that you just recently learned, between now and September, you recoup at least part of what you've lost. And then come next March, April, hopefully you'll be back to where you were if it was the scans that caused the issue. Um, Obviously, loss of volume is loss of volume. And the lower time standards don't help <laughs> right no but i know they said you know yes that some standards went down but there are a lot more standards now and there's some standards that this standard went down but it's tied to other standards elsewhere and i still don't quite understand all that so i'm not even gonna touch on that but if you get overwhelmed, take a step back, take a deep breath, step back in, have a good rest of your week, um, and we'll see you on the other side. Bill? Yes, dear. <laughs> <laughs> your, uh, your final statements for this evening. Well, if nothing else, folks, uh, th- this uh, mini-mail survey should serve as a wake-up call to everybody. 66% of our uh, fellow carriers lost time. Some lost dramatically. So th- this this is a good sign for you to say, okay, I'm going to be more involved in my career. I'm going to be more involved in my protecting my salary, my family, my future. Um, if you haven't been doing all the scans, step it up. Okay, if you have questions, ask them. If you have doubts, you know, record them in regards to the radar reports, uh, according to your um, end of run reports, your parcels, everything. I mean, question, 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 you know, and, and, and get the information. If you don't record it, you, you can't track it. If you don't track it, you can't prove that you, you have a case. 
and you know the, the case is that you know your route is under evaluated you know unfortunately in, in my office we've all been under evaluated for about five years so you know uh, all i can say is you know protect yourself and, and your salary and your family's welfare as well as the routes value too because you may you know bid on another route and I would like you to, to take into consideration the next person that may step into that case and, and you know, be considerate enough to say, you know, I'm going to make sure they're getting full value of, of what this route's true, you know, salary is in regards to compensation, the work, everything that goes into performing your duties professionally and efficiently every day. If you don't put it in the scanner, it doesn't go in the wallet. Everybody go out. Do the best job you can, be safe, you know, get back, end of shift duties, clock out, go home to your loved ones. You're the most important delivery of the day. Make sure you get your ass home to the people who truly care about you and the people that you know, represent the reason why you go to the post office every day. Some people may say it's just a job. Some people consider it a career. It doesn't matter. If they're paying you to do a job, do it to the best of your ability. Exactly. And do the full job. You know, it's, you know, it's still trying times. There's still a lot of uncertainty. We're waiting on, hopefully they can work out the bugs by the time we do our next mini mail survey. That's our hope anyways. Um, what reality will be, I can't say at this time. We will, uh, on that note, we'll see you guys back. I think we're going to do normal uh, day and time next week, guys. Sounds good to me. All right. And uh, yep. thank you guys for your patience on this being a few days behind since the uh, three of us were uh, out of uh, availability with the conference and all. So we'll see you on the next time.